everyone, and welcome into another fabulous episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We have a fantastic show in store for you today. Joining us today, we have three incredible artists. We have the playwright Joel Greenhouse, the lead actress Maude Lardner-Burke, and the lead actor Robert Z. Grant, all of whom are with this great new show, Twisted. It's playing now through October 15th at Theater for the New City, and you can get your tickets and more information by visiting twistedshow.com. This show has been on our radar for quite a bit. We've had a lot of word of mouth reaching to us about this show, so we are so excited to have this production on our show today. And with that, let's go ahead and welcome on our guests, Joel, Maude, Robert. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So excited to have all of you here today. So excited to be talking about this great show, Twisted. What a fun show we have in store. And Joel, I want to jump in right away with you. You're the playwright. Can you tell us a little bit about this show? Well, it was based on a photograph from a B-movie called Alligator People. And there was a woman being terrorized by an erect alligator in men's pants. And I thought that that was funny. And I started, I based it on that. And then it just developed into this B-movie extravaganza. But that, that that's the beginnings of it. Can we have you tell us a little bit more about what the show is about? Well, <laughs> all right. It's about it's the, it's this, the uh, toughest question any of us get asked. <laughs> it's about this grade Z exploitation actress. Renee Agogo Flame, Queen of the Twist, who murders her mobster boyfriend and pins it on her daughter. Her daughter is sent to an insane asylum for 10 years, where she's given nothing but rounds and rounds of electric shock therapy. She and she, she's being played by Maud, Phoebe Flame. And because of all the electric shock therapy, she now has the ability to electrocute people. Meanwhile, mom is on the road. And she's playing third, like third rate strip joints. And then she meets Romain Montablanc de la Croix, played by Robert, who's the head of an ancient religious cult who decides she'd be perfect for his religious pageant. And she goes off. Phoebe gets out of the nut house and goes after mom. And, and they're all alligator people. The people they be, turn into alligators where they become sexually aroused. And Renee Flame happens to look like the late wife of their great god, Hamira, and they're going to sacrifice her. And that's basically the plot. And then what happens after the first 10 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> and there's music and there's songs. Oh my gosh. Like, sign me up. This is exactly what I want. This is like that late Friday night after the, the talk shows ended, what came on TV. You know, back in the 80s and 90s, this is exactly the sweet spot. I love this. Yeah. It's it's based on all those early 60s. Every scene comes from a different bad movie. So and and you know, then there's the chase. It's like a it's like a train ride, right, right to hell, you know, no, no, no stopping. I love it. So let me let me bring in our actors here and let me start with you, Maude. How did you come upon this piece? I was in a production of a play called Gallus 
directed by and starring the late great Everett Quinton and I was playing a, a jealous wife who also goes a little crazy and it just it just kind of happened from there and I met Joel and, and Joe Batista, our fabulous director. And I, I remember when Joe called me and he was like, I have this thing, I have this, this play and do you want to read it? And and I read the script and I was like, I've always wanted to play a, a killer. Like I've always, <laughs> or someone who's, you know, gotten out of the nut house because anything is possible with something like that. And yeah, and it's been, it's been a while. It's been, I came on during the shutdown and and here we all are, and I've seen it evolve in several wonderful ways. So, yeah. Love that. Robert, how about you? I did it the old-fashioned way through a blind submission through backstage <laughs> and and was lucky enough to have, have uh, Joe and Joel contact me. And uh, we had a Zoom interview, and it, it was uh, the the most unusual audition I've ever had and that it really wasn't an audition. It was just kind of a conversation. And, and Joe was, was saying how he's like, I just, I work for my gut. I, I don't, you know, like, he's like, I, I just, I know you're the, you're the right person for this and we really want you for this. And that's, that was how it started. So very, very flattering for, uh, for the actor's ego to have someone be like, we don't need to hear anymore. We, we won't, we want you. We knew we knew immediately, and I don't think we auditioned anybody for this show. We just based it on people we've worked with, or somebody who just seemed right and would be really good in that part. So that's how we did it. Now, this is the world premiere of this show. Is that correct? Correct. So, Robert, starting with you, what has it been like developing this show, and particularly your role? Yeah, it's uh, developing the show has been really great in in lots of ways one of which is how from i i can't remember a, a a story or a project that i've been involved with where from the very first reading i was just laughing out loud even from even from reading the script without hearing my fellow actors read it just like this is so funny and i can't wait to 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 dive into this. And, and I remember thinking even after the first time that we met, and this was pre-shutdown, or sorry, not pre-shutdown, but but last year, when I was just like, everyone is so perfectly cast in this. Like every voice, I was just like, that's the voice that I heard when I was reading this on my own. That's the, and, and they were just bringing so many things, so many things out of it. So the process for me, and I think Joel can attest to this, is Romaine was actually not a very central character early on and and over the course of of our work together i think romaine took on a more kind of influential like if, if we're talking about plot a more influential role and and uh, i think a lot of that was just coming out of the space that i and my fellow actors were given to just take this work and play with it and find things and i'm i'm a longtime improviser and and i like to work that way even on scripted material where I'm just like, okay, we we know what the beats are. Let's let's just try something. Let's see let's see where this goes. Let's see what's here, you know. And, and Joe and and Joel are so wonderfully without ego that that they allow us to do that. They allow us to try, you know, uh, different words or or different beats than than maybe what each of them thought was there. 
or or the potential that was there. So it, it really became very much about each of us individually. And and I definitely feel that for myself and for Romaine. Love that. What a fascinating journey. Well, yeah. Well, I my background is also, I have a lot of improvisation in my background and I, only good stuff comes from that. So, you know. Amen go, to that. <laughs> go through it and if it's good, it's it's staying in. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it takes a director and a writer who are not precious about about their work. Mm-hmm. They they need to be able to say, like, okay, it's yours now. Show show us, right? Do do what you do. Yes. Yes. Maude, how about you? What has it been like for you developing this show? And again, your character. It's been a really fascinating experience. Yeah, I mean, I I don't, I, for me, like that whole thing is, it's a very private, developing a character is a, is a private process. And she started out actually as a real 11 year old girl. And then she, she became a 21 year old. And then all of a sudden it was like, I remember you Joel's telling me in the spring and we're like, Oh, she's 30 now and you can just be yourself. <laughs> and that just kind of gave me permission to, to play and, and, and to tell, to tell her story. And, but also in lieu of, of collaboration, you know, there's music in the piece and and the song that I had started off as a, a very musical theater type song. And, and I was like, well, she's, becoming a killer like she's like she's you know you 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 want and it just became this this thing and I don't want to give it away because it's sort of a surprise but it's it was a very collaborative thing and the collaboration has been there throughout this whole process and it's lovely to be around a full like a whole group of people that don't have egos yeah and it's and it's a I discover new things every night, every time I read the script. I love that though. I love that process. That's a fascinating process. I was just going to say, when we told Ma she's now 30, we we also told her, but her mother still dresses her like a 10 year old. So uh, she was like a 30, she's a 33 year old girl who, you know. I'm literally having flashbacks to whatever happened to baby Jane. Yeah, you're getting it. Yep, yep. Boyd's character is along those lines. Well, Joel, I want to bring you back and I want to ask you, what is the message or thought you're hoping the audiences would take away from your show? I just want them to have a good time. I want them to, you know, just laugh their asses off. And who cares? You know, we sort of like thumb our nose at convention in this play. We're definitely politically incorrect. I, I would I would say, would you guys say that? Yes. And Robert's and Robert's characters involved with an incestuous relationship with his mother. Nothing sacred in this play. And it's but it's all fun. It's all just a good old fun time. And it's dirty too. The show's really dirty. Who doesn't love a show like that? I mean, come on uh, now. <laughs> A lot of the, uh, we have a big screen in the back and we do a lot of shadow stuff and it's it's something else. <laughs> Hard to describe. Things sort of Austin Powers 3. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what happened to baby Jane. 
the innuendo is definitely all over the place. <laughs> well, I would like to wrap up this first part of the interview with with Robert and Maude. And I want to ask the two of you, who do you hope have access to your show? And Maude, I'm going to start with you first on this question. Anybody, you know, anybody really like, I mean, I mean, people in the theater, people not in the theater, just like anybody that really, I think with everything that's going on right now, like anybody that just needs to laugh, you know, hands down, like anybody that just like wants to laugh and have a good time because that's really what the show is about. And it's about family too, albeit dysfunctional, but and connection and, but yeah, anybody that just wants to laugh um, and get out of their own, get out of their own minds. I love that. Robert, how about you? Who do you hope have access to your show? Well, well, we know based on everything that we've said so far that it's not for children. <laughs> there's there's no access for, for young, young people to, uh, to this show. It's just not appropriate. But I want, as Maude said, a, a broad audience to be able to, to find the show, know about the show, see the show. And, you know, our home where we're, where we're performing at Theater for the New City is also very much about community, community building, not just for the village, but, you know, the larger sort of New York community. They keep ticket prices very low. I mean, our top ticket price is $18. It's like, you know, where, where can you go see an equity showcase or any show for, for $18? You can't. Plus discounts and all these other things. So they're, they're very much on board with this. We just want you to see it. I, I was a co-artistic director of a theater company that I started several years ago called The Collective. And we had a program called No Empty Seats, which which was the same philosophy, which, which was, we would rather have you come and see this show for nothing than to have one empty seat because that empty seat is a missed opportunity for someone to join in the conversation. And I feel like even though we're not using the sort of no empty seats moniker here, I think that's the ethic of the of uh, our our wonderful producer Hillary Wyatt from Paw Print Productions for this show is we we just want people to see it. It's a shame to to you know put in all this effort all this time and then have empty seats. It's a shame. I want to now change things up for the second part of our interview and let our listeners get to know the three of you a little bit better. And I want to start by asking our regular first question, which is what or who inspires you? What playwrights, composers, or shows have inspired you in the past or are just some of your favorites? And Joel, if I can start with you first on that, that would be great. There's so many things that inspire me. I don't know, anything that makes me laugh inspires me, but I... You know, the movies that these are based on, anything by John Waters. I mean, in theater, too. I love Tennessee Williams and then, you know, uh, Charles Ludlow. I'm very much influenced by Ridiculous Theater. So that, was, that was probably my all-time favorite theater ever. I don't know. I can go on. There's like a million people who I like. I mean, anybody, anybody good sort of influences you. That's how I feel, you know. I That's don't even know who they are. There's just too many. 
That is a great point to make. Anyone good influences. Yes, a thousand times. I love that. Robert, how about you? What are who influences you? I I immediately think of a TV show, classic TV show, The Carol Burnett Show. And in, in, in my book, I wrote a book about improvisation called Improv in the Actor's Imagination. And I, I credit one of the people that I credit in, in the beginning for even the reason why it even exists and why I'm even doing what I'm doing and love what I'm doing is is Carol Burnett and the writers and producers of the Carol Burnett show. And in fact, I've been going it's it's all available on Prime Prime Video right now uh, for free. It's not behind any paywall anymore. So I've been just I've been watching all every every night I come home and I just watch several episodes of the Carol Burnett show and it just continues to inspire me with its with its freedom and its silliness and its its wholesomeness in a way. I mean, it's actually pretty body <laughs> when you when you when you really put it in today's context, but but just just so free and and fun and simple that it doesn't have to be this big complicated thing. Of course, they do destroy a lot of things. I've been noticing the theme is that they do like to destroy, <laughs> destroy sets and destroy, <laughs> destroy things. But sort of along the lines of Joel with with theatrical productions, I, I I tend to gravitate towards more like absurd writers, Ionesco and 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 House of Blue Leaves and and all these these sorts of plays that just are are slightly they're dark and they're but they're very funny and and I like I like the ability to to do something that is already on the edge of expectation or or not believability because there's tons of truth in it but things things that that are are already out there uh, i i like those things because i think it gives us a freedom that that as i tell my students we we don't often experience you know we're all trying to create the craft and and compress these like performances of truth and and in fact you can play really big characters as long as you maintain your thread of what they want, why they're doing it. I, I always give the example of of classic sitcoms where where you know we we relate to these people. They they want what we want. They want simple things. They want respect. They want love. They want a job. They want you know things that we can relate to. And then we laugh because they just they try a little bit too hard or they want it a little bit too badly and so we say oh i understand why they would do that i get that i wouldn't go that far i don't think i would go that far but gosh poor sap they really you know they they deserve they deserve it i'm sorry that they didn't <laughs> that they didn't get what they wanted maybe next time maybe next 22 minutes they'll get what they want so that that's a very long-winded answer but uh, there is as joel said so much inspiration it's hard to pinpoint everybody no it's a wonderful list i love that so rounding us out on this question we have the wonderful mod mod what are who inspires you any movie starring betty davis yeah and everett quentin when he was alive there was just nobody nobody like him he just had people for me it's it's people with originality and people that you know there's that just uh, it's i don't know i can't i can't i can't describe it uh, jennifer lawrence um anything she does stephen sondheim's music all those musicals playwrights anyone from shakespeare to john patrick shanley terence mcnally frankie and johnny and the claire de lune is a is a favorite play of mine and 
And my grandfather has really inspired me. My grandfather, who was one of the Hollywood 10, Rig Lardner Jr., and his dad, who wrote short stories, Rig Lardner. And they just, their family is inspirational too. That is a wonderful list. I really love that. Kicking it off with Betty Davis and finishing with family. Well done. I love it. Oh, and I have to add Ethel Merman and Ann Miller. Judy Garland, Barbara Streisand, Liza Minnelli. Patrick Dennis. Yes. Well, I know you all have been busy putting this amazing show on, getting it ready, but I'm going to ask anyway, have you seen any great theater lately that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? One of one of the um, wonderful shows that I've seen in the past year is still running, and that's Some Like It Hot. I just really, really enjoyed that show. I was like, this is a classic Broadway show, and those dancers, oh my goodness, they start huffing from the very first moment and do not stop for two and a half hours or however long the show is that Um, so impressive and it's well sung and it's well acted and it's beautifully produced and I was just like wow I'm so glad these exist well and also along the lines of twisted I saw shocked Alex Newell and wasn't super recently but it, it, it's just one of those things where like I went in there and I was like I don't know what this is I don't I don't know what I don't know I don't know what to expect here and I was just constantly amazed and constantly like constantly laughing my ass off and I, I agree with Maud in that I think I think Shucked has a very similar kind of approach as as Twisted in that if you you you're only going to enjoy that show if you give over to it. If you come in trying to resist the humor or to resist the conceit or to resist the style, you know, because you're you want something else or you're expecting something else, I, I think you are going to be disappointed. But if you give over to it and you say, "Oh, I see what they're doing. Okay, let's go on this ride. Let's see what happens." I think you're going to have a blast. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I now want to ask the three of you, what is your favorite part about working in the theater? (laughs) And Joel, can I start with you again on this? My favorite part is being alone in my room and writing it. Then, Then the scariest part is when you have to share it with other people and then you have to collaborate. And, you know, the show business part is not my favorite part. I like that. I, I like the beginnings. I like the original. Like I like writing on my own. I like early development. I like to see people bring all kinds of things to it in the beginning. But you know the scary show busy stuff. You know, putting on the show, worrying about this or somebody else having a breakdown and all that stuff always makes me think I'm never doing this again. And but then the show is so much fun. Then you then you then you do it again. Love that and could not agree more with that. Maude, how about you? What is your favorite part about working in the theater? Well, there's so many. There's so many. Being in front of an audience, just being around live people, like especially, and just, yeah, being in front of an audience, being, you know, being able to to say those things that you've always wanted to, but, but you know, it's like the thing about acting is you 
And it's the land of make believe and you get to, to really make believe and take someone else on a journey and just, and meeting, meeting really fascinating people. My journey has been short and sweet, but I've met some pretty fascinating people. That is so wonderful. I love that. And rounding us out, Robert. Robert, what is your favorite part about working in the theater? Uh, I agree with Maude about just like having having the the instant feedback of a live audience and and you know riding riding that wave. I really really enjoy that. <clears throat> More generally, I I just love the process of acting as I understand it and as I teach it, which is just watching people sort of bounce off of one another. All due respect to to playwrights and screenwriters, I, I think some of the most fascinating work that I've seen was has been improvised work where you just take two characters and you just put them in put them in a space together, and you you watch them just work off of each other and and see what happens. And there's this all this magic starts to to come out of it and we start to contextualize and we say oh yeah that oh she she wants this and oh yeah he's after that and and oh what i wonder what's going to happen and then it just it just snowballs into this moment to moment work which i just i just find i i'm i'm still fascinated by it still fascinated by it and even with scripted material i think if you work in that way it creates some really really magical moments I love that answer. Wonderful answers being given today. And it makes me excited as we head into my favorite question to ask guests, which is, what is your favorite theater memory? When I was a kid, we uh, I grew up in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And every Christmas, we'd go into New York City and we'd see a Broadway show. And some, and we have lunch at the Automat, and because I'm really old. And I have the the first show I ever saw was something called Destry. It was a musical version of the movie Destry Rides Again, and starred Andy Griffith and Dolores Gray. And I can't even you. I was so hooked. I it was just magic. I and those that's my favorite memories are those holiday memories going into New York City for a weekend and seeing a Broadway show. I were the best. love that. I absolutely love that. Oh my gosh, what a memory. I can I can see everything you're describing. So I love that. Who would well, like to go next? I am I'm thinking of like an amalgam of, of just when, you know, when you go see a show and you just see a performance it could be a moment it could be a song and you're just like this is epic like just a moment just a song just a, like i think of you know this this uh, lilius white when she when she did her her first act song the oldest profession in the life which was such a short-lived <laughs> ironically was such a short-lived musical but it was just like when when you saw that song it's like alex newell when 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 they sing in in shocked Independently like, owned and operated. Yeah, you. I mean, it's just a song where you're just like, wow, this is a moment. This is a moment. And because it's happening in live theater, it's not, it's only this moment. I, uh, that, that, that's astounding to me. And, and I can think of so many of them, Betty Buckley and Sunset Boulevard and just like, 
I mean, those like moments where you're like, this is a thing. Sean, Sean Hayes in, in Goodnight Oscar, like just, wow, like this is a moment. I'm so glad I got, I got to witness this. And then, and then if I may, like one personal one, personal theater moment that, that, that has always stuck out to me is again, with, with my company, The Collective, we did a short play festival every year. And I got to do this, this play where I was playing a French waiter, Dave Hansen's Café d'Automatique, speaking of the automats. <laughs> and, and I had an entrance where, and there was act, there was actual wine and wine glasses. There was this couple that was on a date and I was this French waiter that, that keeps popping in and out. And I heard from backstage before one of my many, many entrances, the, one of the wine glasses spill. I couldn't see it from offstage, but I knew that it had happened. And being this very persnickety French waiter that that I was, as soon as I came in and I saw the the wine spilled, it was like, okay, there's it's it's like a gunshot and like blood had spilled over the thing. And so it's like, I can't. I can't ignore this. I mean, the improviser in me couldn't ignore it. The actor in me couldn't ignore it. And I knew that it was part of the audience. I didn't want to just, just ignore it. So instead, my instincts kicked in and I just leaned into it and, and spent the next two to five minutes, I don't know, really have any concept of time, without words, sopping up this, this wine from the tablecloth, wringing it back into the wine glass, and then swigging it. You know what I mean? And then we moved on with the play and the audience was losing their minds. And and it's just because of that magic of like, right, we're we it we're we're looking for truth here. We're looking for a reality here. You know, we the audience, we're giving over to you. We're 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 saying, yes, take us on a journey. And so as long as you honor that, you're 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 golden. And those magic those magic moments happen. Even even in scripted material, those magic moments happen. I love that. Oh my gosh, I wish I could have seen that. That sounds amazing. Bravo. Great improv skills there. Way to commit to that. That was, is fantastic. And, the, and, the, and if I may add, just add quickly, the, the playwright was was also performing in, in this, this series of plays and, and was standing backstage during out the performance of his play. And he, as soon as I got off, he's like, what happened? Because he could just tell from the audience's reaction that, that, that something was going on and that it was that it was uh, amazing. So, yeah, it was pr- it was pretty cool. Pretty That's cool. My colleague after the fact said said to me, like, you just gave a master class in improvisation. And I that's the highest compliment that anybody has ever paid me. Oh, that's incredible. Wow. What a wonderful memory. Well, bringing us home, Maud, what is your favorite theater memory? There are too many. I mean, just I think in general, like that moment, if it's a musical, like whenever the orchestra starts playing and specifically when I saw Gypsy with Bernadette Peters and then again with Patti LuPone, hearing both of them scream from the back of the house. And I remember specifically seeing Elaine Stritch's one-woman show at Liberty at the public and just thinking, you know, I want to do that. I want to be able to make you laugh and make you cry at the same time. Tanya Pinkins and Caroline are change. Again, like, you know, when she sings Lot's Wife, like how does she, how does that happen in one moment in time? And personally, my dad is also an actor 
And I just remember being a little kid backstage and like, just like the smell of a theater and and hearing his voice and, you know, and, and also being at second stage and seeing a lie in the mind that Ethan Hawke directed and, and like everybody was killing it. Everybody was really killing it. And I was just like, that's, this is what theater, like, that's cool. Like I want, I want a piece of that. I want a piece of that humility and yeah and anything downtown downtown theater is it's great yeah there are too many stories to tell i think i love those nonetheless though that those are incredible memories i would love to pick your brain some more mod about the shows you've seen just based on those few that you've named those were incredible in fact thank you all so much for sharing those incredible memories those were wonderful do any of you have any upcoming projects or productions that we might be able to plug for you? I want I want people to come and come and study improvisation with me at the William Esper Studio where I teach. I have a solo show that's that's coming up, but we don't know when or where yet. It's too soon to be to be announced, but she's been a long time coming. So we've got some fun stuff in the pipeline, it sounds like including this great show going on right now. And that is a great lead into my final question, which is if our listeners would like more information about Twisted or about any of you, perhaps they'd like to reach out to you, how can they do so? I guess through maybe Theater for the New City. I mean, there is a website, twistedshow.com. You can go on there and you wanted to contact somebody there's contact information there that would probably be the best way twisted has uh, instagram and facebook as well twisted.show underscore nyc on instagram and twisted show nyc on facebook i mean i I have a website it's robertzgrant.com and my insta is robert underscore nyc yeah, I'm fine to do Instagram. My Insta is Maud Lardner Burke. Well, Joel, Maud, Robert, thank you so much for taking the time today to speak with me about this wonderful show and for sharing some wonderful insight about yourselves. I really appreciate it. So thank you all so much. Thank you so much. It's been really Thanks. fun. Um, yeah. Fun. My guests today have been the playwright Joel Greenhouse and the actors Maud Lardner-Burke and Robert Z. Grant, all of whom are part of Twisted, playing now through October 15th at Theater for the New City. Tickets and more information can be found at twistedshow.com. And we also have some other contact information for the show and our guests, which we'll be posting on our episode description and our social media posts. So make sure to check those out. But for right now, head over to twistedshow.com. Get your tickets for this fantastic show called Twisted. It's playing now through October 15th. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones Unwrap your candies. Be talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you.
If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. Hello.